Dude, I had a very bizarre Uber driver situation, and I recorded it. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, this car ride started off with the guy catcalling women. Just, just let's remember that. Go to a crematory. Tell them you want <laughs> just a little bit of ashes of dead people. You can just go to a crematorium? That's an absurd suggestion. Can I just have some dead person's ashes? Bro. Imagine they did a lot more tests than us because they had way more people. Mm. So that's why it's not about I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yes or no? Did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. I had no prior knowledge of the planned assault on Nancy Kerrigan. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Oops! The Podcast. Julio Gallarati with Ryan Lynch, who just poked himself in the eye by accident. It happens. And is now having like a sniffly... Mm. The old, like, it's all connected reaction. There's, like, nothing you can do about it. It's yeah. just going to need, like, four minutes. So, yeah, Ryan does not have COVID. He's just recovering from penetration of his eyeball. 100% By his hand. Yeah. Um, How you doing, dude? I'm doing good, man. 1216, Gallerati, Toronto, pull up. Uh, looking to pack that shit out. I'm very excited. Really excited to be traveling north of the border yet again. Uh, looking forward to being back in Canada. So pull up, pull up to that show. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but everything's good over here, man. Everything's good. I was watching. So I briefly talked about life on our planet. I think during one of our ad reads, it's a really good show. If you guys like nature shows, cause I will say I like nature shows, but I've never liked the like history of the world shows. They're just usually not that good. The animation either sucks or it's too like abstract to follow. The visuals aren't gripping enough. Even if the information's good, this does a good job at bringing it all together because First of all, the animation's gotten much better. So even though it's not like fully there, like it's pretty incredible how real saber these saber-toothed tigers and dinosaurs look. It's pretty sick. Um, but they do a couple of things that I think are really interesting. First of all, if there's any current stuff on the planet that can be used as an example of what it would have been like then, or even closely related, they use that to show it to you. So they talk about the entire history of our entire of life on our of, on our planet, all the mass extinctions all the stuff. And then they'll be like, it might've been something similar to this. And then they'll show you using real current shit, which I think is really cool. But they also have a planet earth like approach to the dinosaur stuff they cover or like the pre any prehistoric stuff that they cover. So the way that they'll be like, Ooh, the tiger is going through the trees to attack the whatever. Ha ha. Let's follow it. They do the same thing with dinosaurs in a way that's crazy. So they'll follow a specific narrative of one predator trying to catch another prey or some sort of mating ritual. One thing that I find particularly interesting, dude, they show a T-Rex mating ritual. What is that? It, Dude, it's wild. So these two T-Rexes are about to face off and then they realize that, you know, one's a woman and one, one is a man or whatever, if you even call a male and a female. And they start doing like mating ritual shit. So the male starts trying to like woo the female and he does this thing where he's like, it, dude, it's wild. They bro. have tiny arms, right? Tiny little arms, but he looks almost like, and I know they say they're related to birds, but it looks like some sort of like bird call. Like, does, he like make a that, does he make that noise? Yes, dude. I didn't and know starts looking all noise. sexy and shit. Dude, it's wild. I was watching that. I was like, what the fuck? And then they start doing their little thing and they do this thing where they like rub their cheeks together. Dude, it's wild. It's like, holy shit. This is so cool. With each other? Yes. And the animation is cool enough. Hill Dog made the point. She's like, how do they know that they did that? I don't know. Yeah. But I'm not skeptical. I believe that there's, re I know that there's like reason to believe based on whatever I think that I don't see them lying about shit like that and shit like that. But it's really cool. So there's that. But also they talk about the deep sea in this way that really interests me. I hope that in our lifetime, they're able to monitor the deep sea better so that we can learn more about the stuff that's down there. Because it's so dark, it's so hard to get down there. It's hard to follow some of this shit. And a lot of the times on like nature shows, when they do the deep sea, the deep sea episode ends up being a little underwhelming because there's just like little fish or like stuff you've seen already. There's not that many species down there or something. But in this show, they make the point 
that there's a lot of factors within the deep sea that actually allow evolution to really take its full course in the sense that over time, the the temperature is so consistent down there, the pressure is so consistent, all the stuff about the deep sea is so consistent that it's actually really good for evolution. So that's why a lot of the like biggest sea creatures that they find are from the deep sea. Like king crabs are like deep sea animals. They're huge, you know what I mean? Or like giant eels or giant squid a lot of the time are like deep sea animals. Uh, and it's just interesting. You know what I mean? There's things about it too. Like sometimes invertebrates do better down there because the pressure is so intense that if you had a backbone, you it might not be able to handle the pressure. Like that kind of stuff. So like exoskeleton, exoskeletons, things that don't have backbones. And I wish that if there are those the kind of things floating around in the ocean, I'd love to see them, more of them. Because they suspect that there's a lot of shit down there that we don't know about. Mm-hmm. And hopefully one day science will get there where we can see what it is. How do you think we would record that? I don't know. Some sick new camera. I'm not really sure. Cause I know there are remote cameras now and they're able to kind of do it, but mm-hmm. it's sort of like some of the deepest parts of the ocean. I think it's challenging for a variety of reasons. The people that died this summer going down in the ocean, oh, in the in submarine, the submarine. Yeah, yeah. how close to the bottom of the sea did they get? Not that close, I don't think. So it's just even more vast uh, water that we don't know anything about. So yeah, I don't actually say. know. I know submarines are pressurized. I know that that one was kind of famously janky, so I, mm-hmm. I doubt that there was much that they could have done as far as how far they could go. I don't know for sure. But um, I don't know to what degree submarines, and maybe we can look this up, like how far submarines can typically go because I don't think that like the top, top submarines are like, at the bottom of the Mariana Trench floating around, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, um, to my knowledge. So so the deepest submarine went down just shy of 11,000 meters, and the bottom of the Pacific Ocean is 36,000. Okay, cool. That's insane. Good to know. So that is a lot of meters. And what, so that's like 11,000 meters is like 35,000 feet or something, I think roughly. Yeah. Which is seven miles, dude. Yeah. Dude, it is 35 thousand feet you just know that it's a good conversion right well, it's roughly like 3x but like and then some it's mm-hmm. not it's not exactly like yards yeah a little over 35 yeah that was impressive thank you very Appreciate cool it. But uh, wouldn't that be sick to go down there so that's the thing that always grinds my gears a little bit is that i can't go to the northern mariana trench because it's in the bottom of the ocean and that's technically a national park registered site Really? Yes. That's tough. <laughs> Will Smith got pretty close to it in that show. By the way, I know Will Smith is sort of rebuilding his image, but in my opinion, probably the best nature show ever made is the Will Smith Disney Disney Plus or National Geographic show where he does a bunch of shit. Mm-hmm. That and like the Chris Hemsworth durability show, both National Geographic shows, both made by Darren Aronofsky. They are so good. They shot them like movies, like and dude, they're incredible. They must have spent who knows how much money they spent on those shows. They're fucking sick. Well, Ryan, I don't know about you. I was pretty inspired by the Will Winner episode that we had, uh, you know, to try to keep fighting the good fight and maybe get myself over the hump and actually get in shape one of these days. You're already in shape. Thank you. You keep welcome. saying that, and every time you say that, it just makes me want to go to the gym even more. So you it's keep funny. saying it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go, dude. You've been hitting the gym there, right? Yeah, I just joined a new gym. Will inspired me to, you know, really commit to, Sick, you know, dude. attaining a goal. I left the apartment gym, but I brought Fitbod with me. Hell yeah! I uh, love the system that they had set for me, and now I get to add so many more pieces of equipment to the uh, filter yes. that Fitbod has. I was limited to just a few pieces of equipment, and though. It was making the best use out of what I had. Now I have so much more uh, to choose from. And it's nice that I was able to just filter that off. So Agreed. I'm really I, excited about it. You know what I like to do too? And I don't know if this is what you do, but before I actually physically go to the gym, I'll like sit down and look at FitBod for like a couple minutes to just put together the workout that I want. That's a good idea. Because what will happen sometimes, like the thing that's great about FitBod is that, so first of all, it'll just generate a workout for you. Based on your past workouts, if you've been using it, your previous workouts, Mm -hmm. and you can kind of tell the app more and you'll get what we're talking about when you start using it. But like you can say how difficult the workout was for you. You can adjust how much reps or reps and weight and all that stuff that you had done and it will learn and it builds upon that to make your next workout. Um, The thing that's cool is that sometimes if there's workouts in there that you don't really like, you can just sub them out to do it the most effectively, in my opinion 
is doing it in advance makes more sense for me because if I'm just like in the gym, I'm ready to work out. I look at my workout. Suddenly I want to change four or five things or two things or one thing, or maybe it's perfect, but either way, like I don't want to spend the time doing that. So I like to do it a little bit in advance, but then you can literally cultivate the literal perfect workout for yourself. Uh, and all the exercises come with, uh, a video, a built-in video that you don't need connection for. And that's helpful because some Very like, helpful. there's so many workouts in there that I didn't even know existed. Same. I want to make sure I'm doing them properly. And, and gyms are so cavernous. It. Yeah, it's like, oh, I'm going to do a box trot millionaire squat. What is that? You have to YouTube it. You don't have service. Suddenly, like, you're, you're taking too long of a break. FitBod just has it right there. You click it. It's like a GIF or whatever. Mm-hmm. It has everything that you need to have the best workout and the most efficient workout. And it's getting to the point where it's kind of like its own sort of very affordable personal trainer. It rules. So right now, download FitBod and get a head start on your fitness resolutions. Get 25% off of your subscription and get three free personalized workouts when you go to fitbod.me slash oops. That's 25% off and free personalized workouts at fitbod.me slash oops. I went to the Grand Canyon and I took a helicopter. First time? First time in a helicopter, first time to the Grand Canyon. It was a very cool way to do it because the Grand Canyon is so vast and huge and cool. It's sick to approach it from a helicopter. Now, we came from the west side, and I know that the south rim is like 18 miles wide. So I think that maybe gives you a more, I need to go back. I need to see that too because it might give you a more sort of like expansive, mind-blowing view of the canyon. I'm sure you can do helicopter rides around there too, and I'm, I'm interested in doing that. Where we entered was more windy, which was also really cool in its own right. Um, and for anybody who's curious about this, it's a pretty fun and interesting thing. First of all, it's expensive. Um, even, you know, I was, I was just kind of on some shit where I'm like, I need to do this. I'd rather like spend all my money doing things I want to do than be like, Oh, wait to do You know what I mean? I was like, Mm -hmm. I can stomach it, but it was like 600 bucks. And we went with one of the like better companies, which I kind of recommend doing because people like crash in helicopters. I know, as we all know, but like even with Grand Canyon tours, there are like a fair, like too many crashes for comfort. And somebody actually commented, I posted this video on my Instagram if you're curious about it, but somebody commented that in the tour that he was on, one of the helicopters in front of them crashed and the people died. Yeah. Dude, I hate that. And they got a refund. Well, no shit, you hate that. Yeah. That's terrible. I know. So when Ryan looks this up, I'll kind of like walk you guys through some of the specifics of how that works. You can do a day trip from Las Vegas. I was in Las Vegas for the Formula One stuff, which I will talk about a little bit as well later in the episode. But I was in Vegas for the Formula One stuff. We, they pick you up from your hotel early, but to give you an idea of the total timeline, I think they picked us up at 6.30 in the morning. We were back in Las Vegas at the hotel by 11.30. So all things considered, didn't Mm -hmm. take that long. And we sort of sat around in the waiting area of the helicopter place for a while. It was at the same airport that like people fly privately into like the signature thing was there, whatever. So you take off, you fly, you see a great view of the Hoover Dam, Lake Mead on the way over there. A lot of beautiful rocks. The pilot, a lot of the pilots are like ex military guys. Our guy was pretty cool. Although he did talk about like helicopter crashes on multiple occasions during the trip, which I felt was like a little bit of a no, no. It's like the equivalent of saying the word bomb in an airport. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? He was like, He's like, yeah, yeah, you know, some of the other shittier companies like crash. And I was like, Jesus. And then he also mentioned that their fleet of helicopters, they bought Hel- Kobe Bryant's company. Since? Yeah. Which like wasn't saying crash, but might as well have been saying crash. Yeah. And it was a really cloudy day and like you need good visibility in helicopters. That's why Kobe died. Yeah. So it was like there were, <laughs> there were moments where we were flying into a cloud and couldn't see anything. And I was like pretty freaked out to be honest because usually it's clear it's it's arid it's a dry climate like it's mm-hmm. very rare for there to be clouds so it made it pretty but it was also kind of scary it also rained we were as we were entering the grand canyon it was raining i don't know what this means dude if it means i'm good luck or if i'm cursed by satan but no. it rains everywhere i go in places where it never rains i went to petra and jordan rained grand canyon rained all these places and then hillary and i were somewhere in utah rained like it rains everywhere i go it's insane but Really sick. You fly into the canyon. They were literally playing, like the the, <laughs> the like B side part of the Jurassic Park theme. So that was pretty funny. Out of an iPod Mini, mm-hmm. um, and you land in the Grand Canyon in the helicopter. Drink champagne. It's too early for champagne, but I had a couple sips because I didn't want to feel left out. You hang in the canyon for half an hour and you fly back. 
Was it breathtaking? It was awesome. I bet. It was super, super cool. Um, yeah, man. Really rad way to see it. Could you feel the water on the propellers of the helicopter? No. Like, did you feel pressure from the rain pushing you down a little bit? Like, any resistance? No. How big, and how many people were on the helicopter? Five. Wow. And you know what's funny? They ask you your weight, uh-huh. but then they also weigh you because they know that people are probably lying. And yeah. also they probably want to see what you're like with clothes on. I just told Hillary for the first time, by the way, that I don't get on the scale at the doctor. And she like thinks that's the craziest thing she's ever heard in her life. I refuse to get on the scale at the doctor. They ask you to step on the scale, right? And I'll and usually I'm just like, I weighed myself today and I tell them. But there are times where they go, okay, step on the scale, please. And I say, no, I don't want to. Why? Because, dude, I'm too, like, I'm wearing a bunch of clothes, which, like, really does add a lot of weight to you. And I don't know that I can handle thinking I weigh a certain amount if I don't, mm-hmm. if it's way off. And maybe it's right up, maybe it's on, but maybe it's not. And I don't want to, like, take the gamble of even needing, because then at that point, it's probably what, noon? I have to wait until the next morning to weigh myself to see if that was accurate. Mm. And how terrible I'll feel for the rest of the day is not worth it. Mm. I refuse. Do you own a scale? Yes. Okay. And I use it. Yeah. So when you walk in, don't you have to take your clothes off no. when you're at an appointment where you typically need to step on the scale? Never. No? No. Not for your physical or anything? For the physical. But I, I like have, if I go for a med refill, if I go gotcha. for whatever reason. And I'm they'll still, they'll ask you to step yep. on the scale for, even for a refill? Always check your vitals. Interesting. What I used to do, I would literally turn around and not look at it and be like, don't tell me. But that was just too dramatic. <laughs> and I Sorry. get that saying, no, I'm not getting on the scale, which is what I did. I'm not doing it. I get that that's dramatic too, but that's less likely to happen. If I'm standing backward saying, don't tell me, I have to do that every time. That's just a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I don't think I'll ever go on a helicopter. Yeah. And I know that's like an easy thing to say, but like I looked it up. There's about a hundred helicopter crashes every year in the last five years. That was the average. And not just specifically on Grand Canyon tours, obviously. Not specifically. In, in the United States, though. And that's much more than plane crashes? Um, or is there more? Because I wonder about that. Um, let's see. That. That's a good question. Because, But helicopters, and that's a combination private, public. Yeah. And most of them are the smaller planes that aren't commercial. In 2021, there were a little over 1,200 planes that crashed. But most of them are smaller planes, right? Yeah, it's a combination of every type of airplane. So yeah, the, so the important thing there, I would say, before that worries you, is you need more context with those statistics. So mm-hmm. say there's, whatever, 120 helicopter crashes. What percentage of that of heli- is that of helicopter flights? Yeah. And those 1,200 plane crashes, what percentage is, of that, is that of total plane flights? I guarantee you the percentage is probably lower. Mm-hmm. And also, I wonder what the number of commercial airplane crashes there were. Can you look that up? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know that there's only, if someone tells you that only one blimp a year crashes, that's really bad because there's only like 25 in commission. <laughs> that would be terrible. Really? Yeah. Uh, commercial. I've never been in a blimp. Has anyone here who listens been on a blimp? <laughs> that would be, yeah, if any of you've been on a blimp, I would love to hear about that. Because blimps were like the shit in like 1925. Didn't, it wasn't a really short run. That uh, that blimps were were in commission. Was it because of the Hindenburg dramatically lighting on fire and fucking crashing? I read up on this a few years ago. I'll look this one up too. But uh, that does sound right. Commercial <laughs> plane crashes. Nothing excites me more than looking up plane crashes. <laughs> the Hindenburg was in 1937. I think that was the end of blimps. There were 39 commercial aviation accidents in 2022. 39? Yeah. I think that also takes into account, you know, pe- ones where people had survived and the plane didn't just explode. But while you're looking for this, dude, I will, for somehow on my Twitter, it came into my like Twitter sphere, this like morbid account that I've had to block because <laughs> there was an audio recording of a plane crash and hearing the pilots, the terror they experienced right before impact will potentially haunt me for the rest of my life. That'll do it, dude. 100,000 flights take off and land every day all over the globe. 100,000 a day. Mm -hmm. So that means that if that 1,200 number was per day, you still have really good odds. It would probably, it would still be worth flying. Of all flights, 1,200, I don't know how many of that is commercial. 1,200,000 divided by 100,000? Dude, no, 100,000 commercial flights per day. I know, and how many, how many uh, flight accidents, oh, that's per year, right? 
Yes. Okay. A hundred thousand per day. All right. So we're talking so about chilling, dude. fractions and fractions and fractions of a percentage. Yeah, I'm not worried about that. It's the hell. And I know. It's just I, know the, I know. I know you're I, not, and I'm think, not either. But I think that we should tell. I never thought much about helicopter fatality rates until a massive celebrity died on a normal day uh, flying one, and then I think that has scared a ton of us and uh, into thinking that it is much more likely to happen than it actually is. Because it happens to somebody that's so famous. Right. No, totally. So I, I don't bother. I haven't bothered to do the research. I'm just like, okay, I'm not stepping on an airplane. Kobe Bryant died. Right. Like that's just, that's just, I bet a lot of people think that way. And it just must be so terrifying. That final moment must be more scary than dying in a car accident potentially. Yeah. Maybe not. There was a lawsuit recently where police officers were sending photos around of the remains of everyone on the, on the helicopter to each other. And Vanessa Bryant found out, and obviously, I think she sued LAPD. Good. And uh, maybe it's been settled for a year now, but I hope that those photos don't get leaked. I don't want to yeah. see those photos. I've seen the autopsy sketch. I didn't search for it. I've seen it on Twitter. I really hope that those photos are deeply classified. Yeah, we I don't, don't want to see that. this. Yeah. We don't need people seeing this. Um, agreed, dude. Wait, but so here's, here's some more interesting statistic stuff. So... Mm -hmm. Of those 1,200 plane crashes annually, to your point, a lot of them are smaller aircrafts, and the, the mortality rate is actually low on those kind of crashes. I think the survival rate is high. So let's just say that there's kind of a high-ish survival rate for those 1,200. Obviously, if a commercial flight goes down, you're probably toast. But listen to this statistic. There are 6 million vehicle accidents a year in the United States. 6 million with 43,000 fatal crashes. 43,000. So drive safe. One of the most interesting things about all this is like you are much more likely to get into a fatal car accident, I think, when you are like within a mile or two of your house. That's my, my, I didn't know about a fatal, but my grandfather Maybe always told me. It's the, the first thing he said when I got my license, he said uh, the most common accident is right when you're on your way yep. home. And because like that's when you, your guard is let down. Yeah. And I think it's the same. They, they're so careful with aviation. I think that you can like feel pretty confident in any situation where you're flying. Uh, so not something worth being scared of. Yeah. Uh, dude, I know you had some stuff that you were saving for this app. What do you got? So let's see. So I was uh, spending Thanksgiving with Victoria and her family in Massachusetts. And uh, a couple interesting things happened. But the first thing I'll bring up is that we started watching the the Squid Game Challenge. Oh, yeah. Now, do you watch Squid Game last year? I watched it. It was ago? incredible. I started watching the challenge. I didn't realize that it was real people. Yeah. I thought it was like a mockumentary. No. So, and it's so fun the way that they do it. And I'm sorry, I'm really, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. You're good. But the way that they like make the people pretend like they died, it's like a really fun element to it. It is fun. Yeah. And uh, I need to watch it. Yeah, if you haven't seen it yet, if you saw Squid Games, you know, what, early last year, maybe Viral 2021, sensation. I think it was like the Netflix, the most successful show ever streamed because it was a global phenomenon. Uh, I highly recommend watching this because they completely recreate every single scene and every single set from the show. And then they have 100 real people go through Squid Game with a chance to win $4.7 million for Sick. real. And uh, you get you go through like red light, green light. And you go through all the challenges, and uh, there's gonna be one winner at the end. Not all the episodes came out yet, oh, sick. so it's a nice cliffhanger. Cool. And it's half and half. I think it's half and half. So about yeah, they're 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 down to the last. This isn't a spoiler. You're down to the last like 80 people come okay. uh, the break between episodes, and somebody that Victoria went to high school with is going to be in episode six. She has made it to, uh, she's made it this far. So she's made it this far and they haven't really covered her much up until this point. So it's interesting. She's barely been covered. She's one of those players that's completely under the radar. And when you think of squid games, like you got to think about like alliances, uh, like, like all the different skill sets that you, you bring in to survive. And she hasn't had an interview. She's had nothing yet, which makes me think that maybe she's going to die and then she might become like a nothing character on the show. But I'd say we've met and have seen interviews from like 30 or 40 different people. Um, and how many did they start the with? episodes? It starts with 467 people. Right. So like you can't cover everybody. You know what I mean? So it's interesting. Yeah. But, you know, the odds of her getting her, her shot is uh, getting higher and higher. And she 
is uh, she's gotten close with one of the highest uh, IQ people that's still in the games and made some really powerful plays so far. Um, and then if, if, if you have seen the show and if you're not really, if you're on the fence about it, a good incentive is that there's other challenges and things that they have in it. So in between like the, the red light, green light and the, um, the cookie game that they Mm -hmm. have where they're scratching it out. They also do these tests when they're in the pods and you can get an advantage. You can, uh, eliminate any player that you want. And I pose this to you asking what you do in this situation. So there is, uh, everyone's chilling in the pods and they bring a phone out, the Squid Game people with the PlayStation logos on their face. They, they bring out a phone. <laughs> and so everyone's just like, ooh, what's this? The phone rings and one guy answers and they say, for answering this, you get a treat. And they gave him a treat. What's the treat? A bunch of hamburgers and French fries and things like that. And everyone's just ripping them out of his plate. Like they just like are just, just savages. And uh, because they just get like terrible food. Yeah. They get terrible food. Everyone like, you know, do you think they get paid to be on the show? That's a good question. I'd love to only one person wins and they win 5 million. Right. And yeah. No one else wins anything. Yeah. It's crazy. So, so anyway, so they answer the phone the first time and people are just stealing the food. And then the phone rings a second time. Now, the guy picks up the phone, and they say to him, uh, they say, uh, you picked up the phone. Uh, You are at risk of being eliminated unless you can convince somebody else to pick up the phone. You have two minutes. Go. There's about 100 people. So why wouldn't they want to answer the phone, though? You don't know what they're going to say, so you just hear the ringing. So you take a risk by going to answer the phone. So They might be like, you're eliminated because you answered the phone. It could be it's that, possible. or it could be like, hey, we're going to give you a hint, uh, or we're going to give you an advantage in the next game. You ne- you don't know what you're going to get. So this is what happened. A guy answers the phone, and they tell him, you answered the phone. You're at risk of being eliminated unless you can get somebody else, another player, to take the phone. You have two minutes. Go. So while he's still on the phone with them. Yeah. He's supposed okay. So how how would you try to convince somebody to take the phone? I would I would be like... I'd find somebody and be like, they're, they're giving out like advantages mm-hmm. or something. And the thing is, you can't leave the phone. So you're, you're, you're anchored to So you it. could just be like, you could literally just be, but so yeah, but if you say they're giving out advantages and you're lying, then no one will trust you and people will like vote you off. Mm-hmm. But no one's going to know what you're lying about. I know. But when they answer the phone, maybe they might say he's lying. He lied to you. We're not telling advantages actually. Because now I, I, I need to get someone else to answer the phone, right? Mm-hmm. So they're like convince someone else to talk. So now since it's possible that by talking, they might get some advantage, be like, guys, the, whoever p- talks on the phone first, they may be giving an advantage. That might be a good way to do it. Mm-hmm. They didn't say for sure, but they may be. And then when they say it, you could be like, they're lying. Mm-hmm. That's what I would do. Yeah. I thought, so they, they all have their numbers. So I, I thought that the way I'd get someone to come over, I, I'd, put the phone in my ear I'd listen to them and then I'd be like oh okay um and then I'd call three people over so maybe an enemy of mine so I'd be like 432 265 and uh 077 come over here and then uh I would just explain to them that like in that order they need to pick up the phone I would hand it to them 432 would be my enemy and then I go to the other two people I'm like don't don't answer the phone don't answer the phone walk away guys he's gonna get eliminated nobody answer the phone and does and and do they say on the phone that whoever then talks is the one who will get eliminated? Yeah, so there's no like trick thing. Like wow. it's just like whoever's so, holding the phone after two minutes is getting eliminated. Wow, and that's clever. Is that like that? Does that scenario happen in the show? I don't want to spoil. Yeah, it that happens. Or... That happens in the show. Cool. Um, cool. 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 I won't. I won't. I want to say what the guy ended up doing. Don't uh, do it. I don't want to know. Okay, I won't. But if you want to tell, I mean, if you guys, I'm going to cover my ears right now. But if you guys don't care and you want to listen, no, it's okay. Watch it. It'd be fun to. It'd be fun to talk about it next week. Well, it'd be fun to get that girl on the show. Well, where does she live? Uh, I think she lives in Carver, Massachusetts. Player zero seven seven. Sweet. So shout out. I'm the player zero seven seven. I'm rooting for yeah. you. Yeah, it's a good. It's it, they do a really good job editing it, uh, building characters that you hate and resent, and just kind of make you want to keep watching. So mm. it's been a while since I've been hooked on uh, something like that. It's so, fun to be hooked on. So a show. I've enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm gonna watch it for sure. Yeah, it's a good binge. It's a good binge. Awesome. Yeah, I recommend that. Awesome. Yeah, um, guys. In the meantime, make sure that you 
uh, I don't know what day today is, but when, if you want your Big G merch, your How to Marcoons merch to show up on time you, for Christmas, you need to put your orders in. And this goes for any of our merch, but you have to put your orders in by December 10th. Uh, so get those orders in to make sure that you will get it on time. Um, I'm not totally sure if it's possible that it'll come in time if you order later. It may be, but um, that that is what I've been told. Mm-hmm. So good shit. Dude, I signed up for a uh, a big boy gym. Nice. I uh, Which one? I pulled the trigger after Will came on. He was so mm. motivating. I signed up for Grindhouse. Where it's is in, that? It's in Williamsburg. It's Where? right by the. It's I think it's part of the same building that's connected to the Equinox. But I I signed up. Sick. And uh, I've come to realize that I'm much more motivated to to work out harder when I'm surrounded by a bunch of sexy people. So what have you been doing? Where have you been going? In my gym my Ah, apartment basement gym with that fucking guy with that guy fuck that guy but the thing like i go down there and it's it's so easy it's so easy to go there as it is to just bail on a workout you know Mm. so like you know i just mosey down there and if i'm just not feeling it i'm just like oh fuck it i'll just go back upstairs but now i'm like committed to like you're leaving the apartment you better work out because it's like a 10 minute walk away and dude a routine can just kind of get stale in general and i think that that is something good for everybody if you feel like the way you're doing stuff just isn't working for you anymore, sometimes all it takes is doing it slightly different mm-hmm. to breathe fresh air into the routine. Yeah. Uh, so sometimes that that's all it takes. So I'm excited to hear that, man. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm pretty pumped about it. And I did this now because I want to start my New Year's resolution a month early. I feel like that might be a good way to go oh, about good. it. Because January, so I was you hit like, the ground running. Yeah, January's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. And I I feel like we've had three episode two or three episodes now that I've been a part of Oops where we've talked about New Year's resolutions and those just fall to shit at least for me. So I feel like if I can you know start the habit thirty days ahead of when you know the gun goes off on the race of uh, you know accomplishing those goals, I feel like I'll be set up for more success. I like that dude. Yeah, so that's I'm a getting good, going on that. Yeah, that's a good that's a good way to look at it. I know that sometimes the the New Year's thing is makes it easy for people to sort of wrap their heads around specifically how they're going to attack it. She's like, all right, on January one, it's after the holidays. It tends to be a slower month, January. So I get it. But like, there's no reason why you can't start right now. Yeah. You don't have to overhaul your entire life, right? You can start slow, make little changes and make progress forward. Um, you know, the progress is the hard part. You don't need to do like a full overhaul of your entire life necessarily. No, just getting started. You know, just getting started. Yeah, dude. Badass. Um, well, dude, I was in Las Vegas, as I mentioned earlier, I went to the Grand Canyon, but while I was there, I was there for the Formula One stuff mm-hmm. for the Formula One week. It was pretty cool. It looked sick. It was it pretty like You had a lot of fun. Had a lot of fun. I was sort of like right near the track all the time. You could like walk on the track at one point because it would shut the roads down and you could like walk on the track from whatever time to whatever time at night, I think. Um, that was pretty cool. And I know mm-hmm. there were some like hiccups with it, but... The race went off without a hitch, it seems like. The kind of classic characters placed where they were, where they would. I was hoping for our boys Charles, Charles Leclerc to come in first since I was part of Team Ferrari, mm-hmm. hanging out in the Ferrari fan zone all week. Uh, that was pretty sweet. Um, but cool to be around like an international event like that. Like they televised it in the middle of the night because I think the viewership is so strong everywhere else in the world. That it didn't make sense for them to do it when they normally would. What do you mean they they televise it after the fact? They televise it at like one o'clock in the morning. No, 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 no. Sorry, the race happened at one o'clock in the morning. Okay, and they televised it live. Okay, because like it made more sense for Europe and everywhere else or whatever. I guess mm-hmm. maybe that's. I guess maybe they do that for all Formula One. I don't actually know specifically. So you were you were like very close as the race was gone. So on. I couldn't stay for the race because I had to come back. Mm. But I was there during the practices and all that shit. Uh, and it was sick, dude. Did was, you see, like, during the practices, did you see cars zipping by? Yes. Can, you, can you describe, like, just the cr- speed? Dude, it, they, they're going so fast. I know, of, like, oh, my God, they're so <laughs> fast. No, but I think they're literally going, like, 200 miles an hour. We're doing a lot of facts with Ryan right now, but um, they're going so fast, dude. It's actually insane how fast they're just whipping through the thing. It was pretty cool to be there. I sort of am, like down to be at any spectacle any big event i think is worth going to especially if like you've never been to it so like Mm -hmm. i'm always down for something like that typically especially if i've never been i've never been to a formula one race or even nearby one so 220 yeah miles per hour crazy whipping around corners and it's really cool when they have it in a city too 
Mm-hmm. By the way, shout out to one of our listeners who sent me such a comprehensive guide of Formula One. I've never seen anything like this. She deserves Sarah Caffrey. She sent me, dude, look how sick this is. Look how sick this PDF is. It says Julio's Grand Prix. Oh, wow. This is sick, right? She made that for you? Yeah. That's very sweet. We love you guys. Thank you for doing stuff like this for us. It's so nice. Uh, and it made it easy for me to kind of catch up and get in the mix with what's been going on and all the racing. So That's had a good time sweet. out there. Dude, when I was getting on the flight, it was so funny. The clear person who like checked my checked my eyes or whatever. As I was walking through, she goes, don't forget. And I was like, what? She goes, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Oh, I was like, cute, oh, that's man. very cute, dude. That's cute. Vegas is funny because you'll always meet some sort of insane character there. I was out there for like 10 days opening for Bill Dawes, who's an LA-based comedian, great guy, funny guy. Um, and that's way too long to be there. Everybody says that. I had a great time. I was single. I got into all sorts of trouble. I had a great time. However, I, then years went by and I hadn't been back. And now I've been back a bunch of times since. Uh, and I really know my way around now for the most part vegas is the type of place where if you look really closely everything's kind of shitty but there's still some redeeming stuff to be done there's fun events it's not just all gambling mm-hmm. and some of the hotels are actually really nice um and that sphere thing's supposed to be sick i haven't been to it yet but did you see it yeah was I, it was it on what was it yeah projecting? you can see it from the outside and they're, they're they're always doing some sort of creative thing with the exterior of it but everybody says that it's actually sick I've heard that too. The concert experience. I think you two opened it, right? Yes. It looked sick. Forcing you two upon us on every platform. Mm. But no, I've heard that, like, I haven't heard one person say it's whack. Everybody's like, dude, it's sick. It's taking a big financial loss though. The sphere? Yeah. But uh, the reputation's great. So, right. So, like, what what they lose, what hotel is it part of? I didn't know it was part of a hotel. It may not be. I also know that London was planning on doing one, and now they're not because of how much of a financial hit they'll take. Interesting. Uh, the sphere. I'll but cut. yeah, Vegas seems like a place that they're bringing in money so regularly. Like, if a place could afford to take a short-term loss, that would be the place, right? Kind of makes the sense. Sands. The Sands. Oh, interesting. Yeah, two five five. Did you always encounter characters in Las Vegas? I was in the elevator, and I'm pulling this up because I want to make sure I get it right. Uh, and I was standing next to a man and his wife. And they looked like proper. They didn't look like people. Not that you can't talk to people in the elevator if you're if you're not proper. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I said that right. But like these people didn't look like people who were going to talk to me. And I had NyQuil because I was just like kind of tired one of the nights. I was starting to feel a little stuffy. I was like, if I sleep 12 hours, I'll be fine. And that's exactly what happened. But out of nowhere, I'm not expecting. I'm holding NyQuil in my hand. The guy just goes, how's that NyQuil working out for you? <laughs> I'm like, oh, haha. I'm like, uh. Yeah, it's good. He he goes, is that for you? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, isn't that a weird question? Is that for you? Like, no, it's for my friend. I brought like, what the fuck, dude? Mm-hmm. Yes, it's for me. And also what? Maybe he just asked because he literally wanted to know how it was working out for me. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know. And he goes, man, I haven't slept in weeks. He goes, I woke up at 340 last night. Like, what the hell? I was like, is that it, dude? <laughs> Did you respond? You just kind of I was like, wait. <laughs> and then he got off and that was it. That's a long elevator ride. It was weird, dude. It was fucking weird. But that's Vegas, dude. You'll mm-hmm. get into just some weird, you're, you're just guaranteed to find some weird ass person who's going to say some weird shit to you. Whether somebody visiting or somebody who lives there. NyQuil is used to make a lean, right? Isn't that used for lean? No, no. That's like codeine. Codeine? Like that more, more potent shit is like, I think prescription cough medicine or like whatever is used for making lean is nyquil used for any type of mm, no let me get high kind of thing i think it's like pretty standardly over the counter and well, that's even weirder than sudafed i think is what you're thinking of hmm. that like that's become a controlled substance because people use it to cook meth or something mm-hmm. <laughs> i believe yeah i'm on the market for that interesting um but dude i had a very bizarre uber driver situation okay and i know that like in places people talk to you in the uber but this was a w- went overboard dude this guy, and granted, I was just kind of being agreeable, so maybe it like gave him the open forum to go in on me. But he's this Albanian guy. He told me he was Albanian. We drive by a bike taxi, and it was like a woman driving it who's like attractive, and he rolls down the window and goes, Hey, can I get a ride? <laughs> <laughs> he goes, Everyone coming to Vegas for ass, man. 
ass. I'm like, okay, dude. dude my my experience with Albanian guys, very sexual people, <laughs> very sexual people. The restaurant that I worked at, both brothers, Albanian. Oh, yeah? I can't speak specifically on that, but what I do know, Albanian people are the only people that I have encountered that are constantly telling you that they're suspicious of other Albanian people. <laughs> <laughs> I had no problem with Albanian people until every Albanian person that I know told me that I shouldn't trust Albanian people. Mm-hmm. And now I'm suspicious. But I mean, I've never, I've met, like most of the Albanian people I've met, but it's funny how they all, every single Albanian person that I've ever met is not like, oh, we're a proud people. They're like, we're a bunch of pirates, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this guy literally said, he called, he said, we're a bunch of pirates. So he starts giving me advice, right? He goes, if you really want to get what you want out of somebody, you really want, he goes, feed them first. You'll never forget. They eat, you can get whatever they want. I'm like, okay, dude. Like, okay, I guess that's kind of good. Then he realizes that I'm like receptive to hearing things. So he just keeps going and doesn't stop to the point where he starts telling me about Hinduism, bro. This guy's become a Hindu. I don't know if you can become, he, he's a practicing, he's practices Hinduism. Okay. He's telling me about how we're all just balls of energy, man. What do you think the sun is? What do you think the sun is, bro? Energy. Your energy. When when you die, that's just the beginning. Then your energy goes. And he starts being like, why do you think? He goes, the sounds. And he starts going, um. And I recorded it. You did? Yeah. Can we hear it? Yeah. <laughs> and we can kind of do, this might not be interesting. This might not even be interesting enough to include, but I caught the tail end of the ohm. Can you hear that? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. <laughs> the sound of vibration right, liberates right. and puts everything in order. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> Not a bang, it was an utter. Mm. Shiva is the one that is in charge of us and is half man, half woman. In the physical form, it was nine foot tall. Got another ride? He came and meditated in the Indian places in India on the, on the street. For six months, they couldn't move him. He knew how to get off his body and go to other bodies. That's pretty cool. This is what you're <laughs> learning on Earth. We come here to learn how to manipulate energies, and they are stages of life. What they call heaven... They are like dimensions of life. You go in, pick up another body. You live longer than here, they say, every one of them, and better than here. Once you finish the 11th, you know enough to become godlike, to create a universe and all the creatures in it. I love that uh, passengers universally have to just say things like, wow, yeah. <laughs> and like, you got to give him some mm-hmm's just to let him know that you're listening and Damn, you're trapped. You're trapped. There's nothing you can do. Dude, shout out to Hillary's friend Carly. I will never forget this. I think I mentioned this on the pod. But this dude was playing stand-up for us in the Uber in Nashville. And after he did one or two jokes, she goes, that's enough. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, legend. Okay, let's get back into it here with our friend. Oh, there's more? There's a lot more. Wild. Wild. It's fun. Yeah. And it never ends. Don't ever fear death. Death is a play of the physical. Because the human mm. mind is designed with an end. By the way, this car ride started off with the guy catcalling women. Just, just, just let's remember that. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is all sounding pretty good and enlightened. <laughs> but let's remember what kind of guy we're dealing with. Okay, he's concerned about the physical manifestation of women, apparently. Uh, and now he's giving me this full lecture. But when the human mind ends, that means the physical. You drop the memory of the physical, and then you get into your energy body. You're intact with everything. You're like. Ha! Fuck! I was trapped in the form. You are trapped in the form. Interesting. You get what I'm saying? I like that, dude. That gives me that gives me something Liberate to look forward to. This is what he did for me. Yeah, I, was I meant it. Religious guy. I read the only book I ever read in my life was the Bible, and I read it with heart. And I wanted to be a priest when I was young and all that. Just got a little uh, devoted for how others think of us. They want us to go to heaven. I thought it was marvelous how a person has those feelings towards others. Mm. It had nothing to do with religion. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, and then I, I, I ran into Hinduism later on, and I tell people, Jesus taught me what the spirit is. Hinduism teaches me intelligence. Interesting. Because <laughs> they look at it like this. 
It's never ending. Dude, circles. And for women, they are goddess too. Because if we were not, then why do we create a trillion cells per second? <laughs> we gotta fact check that. Right here. You are a black hole in space. That's who you are as a person. Who are you calling black hole, bro? in space like a black hole. Who you calling a black hole? Smell, no air, no form. And then there will come a time you'll find another womb somewhere. You'll see it. It's all by smell. Other beings will do it to you by smell. You don't understand these things because they're not going to come and explain it to you how it's all made. You know what I mean? Thank God I had you to explain it to me, dude. Obviously. So, because they would have destroyed it. Right, right. You don't even know why he's laughing. Killing for himself. When you pass, when you cross from this body to the next one, look at how you pass. You roll your eyes back. Chakra opens here. I smell you go to the other one. Oh, man. I didn't know this thing. Wild ride. Wild ride. If you want to protect bad energies, listen, go to a crematory. Tell them you want to. Just a little bit of ashes of dead people. <laughs> oh. bad energies will go away what? from you. Interesting. Because you have DNA from the purifying of the fire. Uh -huh. And they automatically, without knowing, get terrified and scared. Without knowing. It's almost like, okay, I smoke weed and I threw the sense in the air so you can pick it up. Mm. That's the same thing with the sun <laughs> You checked out on what he's saying you at this point? Yeah, that's cool. Very clever. Very clever where our mind has I'm a surprised. hard time perceptive shit mm. like that. But I'm surprised I didn't comment on you can just go to a crematorium. That's an absurd suggestion. Can I just have some dead person's ashes? Bro. I'm probably fearing for your life. Say, Dude. Like China and <laughs> India that, that are the biggest in Hinduism. They, it was born in India. I mean, they hold the largest populations on earth almost forever. Yeah. So, so... Imagine they did a lot more tests than us because they had way more people. Mm, so that's why it's not about <laughs> ignorance. You can say they're more accurate. Dude. Oh, my God. Right? Dude, sometimes you get into an Uber and they're silent. <laughs> and other times you get into an Uber and they just want to talk your ear off for oh the whole God. car ride. And we got to get a counter on the amount of mm-hmms. Oh, my and God. Uh-huh. And then just the repeating the last three or four words that they said in, like, a agreement type of tone. Dude. Those are the worst. Full lecture. And, bro, it was like Formula One. So the traffic was crazy. It took me forever to get where I was going. That was, like, half. If That was probably less than half. Was he talking to you the entire car ride? Yes. And the first half was about, he loves, he goes, you like real estate? I'm like, yeah. He goes... I was like, yeah, I guess. Like, I don't know. He goes, I love real estate. I'm like, oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, real estate. <laughs> talking about Albanians, talking about feeding people. And then, you know, I seem like a receptive <sighs> mark. And suddenly, I'm just getting hammered with knowledge, dude. Mm. Hammered. Dude, they just, they don't stop. They don't stop. No, nothing political, though? No. That's good. Nothing really. How long was the ride for? Probably 20 minutes, 25 minutes, that's, 20 minutes. That's brutal. It should have been like five to 10, but like traffic and the roads were shut down because of all the stuff. Dude, pretty wild. You get polite points though. For, Thank you. For buying in. Julia gets some polite points. You, they want to talk to somebody. It's nice. You know, you don't owe them that kind of feedback or that kind of response, but it is nice. What else am I supposed to do though? I know um, you would have done the same thing. Of course. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't have... I don't have it in me to say, sorry, I actually don't want to talk. Right, right, right. That, guy make, that would make that guy cry. <laughs> yeah, I know. You'd be like, no more talking, please. I guess you can like fake a phone call or make a real phone call. Mm -hmm. But like still, it feels very abrasive. I feel bad taking a phone call when I'm in an Uber. I will usually say, do you mind if I take a call? Which I learned from Hill Dog. I'll ask. I'll ask. But I feel bad for it. I also ask if I can eat some of my snacks. Uh, and also I've noticed like I've seen, I've seen, I've had Uber drivers that are like on the phone with people and they have an AirPod in their ear. Yeah. I don't like that. And they have only have one in. So like they can hear me on their right mm -hmm. side and then, you uh, know, they're talking on the phone. I know they're talking on the phone and that may, yeah, they're just, they're, they're mumbling something that makes me nervous. I don't like the AirPods in the car. I at least prefer their attempt to not talk loud. Yeah. Versus, you know, just yeah. talking loud. Yeah. 
That's I prefer funny. them talking to whoever they're talking to than talking to me, even though it's an, it's a little bit like water torture. It's like a droning. No, 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 no. You know what I mean? It can get a little in the way. What's your, uh, what's your Uber rating? Ooh, this is fun. Mine's gone down recently. Really? You're seeing too many snacks in the back seat. No, dog. it's not because of me. It's because who comes with me. <laughs> you, you calling out your girl? I'm 4.85. No. Okay. What Four, are you? 4.9. Oh, fuck. Yeah, but bastard. I was higher. But I was bastard. higher. You but, were higher. Yeah, but this made me so anxious. I, this summer, I was at a engagement party, and my buddy Brian was with us, and he got really drunk, and that was fine. Everyone was kumbaya. Brian, I called Brian. the I called the Uber, and I think Sam Smith, not Sam Smith, who's the country singer that released a couple of albums this year? Um, hold on, Morgan one. Wallen. No, Zach Bryan. Okay. So Zach Bryan has this song where he's like, "Hey driver." <laughs> Pull on over. <laughs> I got a fire with God. It's pretty and, good. Thank you. And so we get in the Uber, and my buddy Brian is obsessed with Zach Bryan, and we're pulling out, and he's like, hey, driver, oh, no. pull on over. But there's no inflection no. of the music. It's just, hey, driver, pull on over. And we're like, stop, 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 stop. He's like, is everything okay? And we're like, yes, start. He's just singing, and then he's like, no, everything's cool. Everything's cool. Hey driver, oh, and no. every time he'd say "Hey driver," the driver was like ready to be like, "What?" <laughs> so he wasn't specifically doing it because he was in the car, or that may is why he was doing it. No, it, he was just singing. Oh, it was his favorite song. It's I thought his, he was being funny. No, he wasn't trying to be funny. Mm. It just was his brand new song, and he loves singing it at the party in the hotel room and in the Uber. And it was not a good place to sing it in the Uber. And my rating definitely went down because ah, of that. I was in like the mid, I was like 4.95. Is it possible to like really pinpoint your rating to like a specific ride? No, you can't track that. But like you, if you were clever enough, like, okay, say I took one Uber in the next two weeks and my rating went slightly down. I can guess. And also, you know how many rides you've taken. Mm-hmm. You, can th- you can literally figure out specific, but it, 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 you need to not be taking a lot of Ubers. Maybe. Yeah, you could also yeah, in in doing that you could also track down the Uber driver. Like you'd have their first name at least and maybe the first letter of their last. Mm. Um but I don't know. I try They're pretty to, good about taking people out of that. With what? Like you can't just like call him later. You need to like hit up the Uber app to get your shit back if you leave it in the car, you know what I mean? Which is interesting. That's pretty good. Are you a country music guy? No. I, I'm trying to get into it because I feel like genres ebb and flow in, into and out of your life mm-hmm. and country's just towards the back. So I, you know, that, that song is catchy. I do like it. Mm. Um, it's having know. a moment. It feels like it is. It's having like a mainstream moment, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting. I'm not like necessarily into it. Um, but when I was in Austin, they were playing a bunch of country music and a couple of the songs got stuck in my head. Mm-hmm. I ain't as good as I once was, mm-hmm. you know, and like they kind of famously are pretty straightforward, uh, but in a way that's like charming, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I'm not like against it necessarily. I've just like never really gotten into it, mm-hmm. but I know there's all these guys who are crushing it now. So who knows? there's this one song that I love, like your man, Have you heard? Baby, lock them doors and turn the lights down low. <laughs> and we would have... When You're I, good at this, dude. When I was a senior in college, I was the president of the student body in which I got an office on campus. And everyone was like, you better not abuse the office. You can't abuse the office because there's all these people that want that position in the future. And you like, were with Vic at this moment? Yeah, I was with Vic. And so my senior year, pretty much after I was kind of you know, checked out applying for jobs and stuff. I would have all the guys uh, in my fraternity come into my office, which you'd have to walk through the student government suite in, <laughs> and I'd have them all come in one by one and I'd play the music instrumental. And then I would rate all of like their, their baritone levels on the baby lock them doors and turn the lights. <laughs> and this guy, uh, this guy, Joe was so angry about it. He's uh, like, you're abusing your power. And uh, you still friends with him? Yeah, he's fine. Yeah, Joe's fine. That's your like Matt Lauer button, <laughs> <laughs> making people not making like them doors and crunch. No, not like that. It was fun. <laughs> yeah, country's growing a little bit. A lot of my friends used to listen to a lot of my friends that listen to hip hop. A lot of my Lil Yachty guys are converting to country. Really? Guys. Yeah. When I played golf, we used to listen to Lil Yachty a lot, and uh, they are the Ogs Nazi. I can't touch it, and it's always country music. It's kind of nice. Mm. It's kind of nice for afternoon activities. Dude, I always, I worry about that for some of these big stars because it's like, if your fans are teenagers, how do you keep them fans when they're adults? 
people change so dramatically from that time, which makes it nice in my opinion, being a comedian because like there isn't as much, and maybe there's, there is more now because comedy's be kind of having a moment stand up at least. Um, but like, okay. People typically become fans of stand up once they're at least young adults. And I get like social media, whatever, but like, there's a reason why high school kids and college kids are like a bad audience typically for a stand-up show, right? They don't know how to like think about broader concepts. They haven't suffered much, whatever, whatever, whatever it might be. So, you know, you have these fans who are adults already. So theoretically you can sustain your fan base a bit more. Mm-hmm. People will rob you. Of course it ebbs and flows, but a person could be a massive star and for 15 and 16 year olds. And then once they're like 22, they don't care about that person at all anymore. And that can be like, I think that's why a lot of the time some of these like music artists quote fall off if they can't figure out a way to stay at the top or reinvent themselves. Mm-hmm. I think Lil Yachty honestly has done a good job of it. I think so. Yeah. He's surrounded himself with the right people. He seems to be Drake's like secondhand man yeah. right now. He's going on tour with him. I actually listened to uh, an interview that he did with J. Cole recently. J. Yachty? Cole, yeah. J. Cole was on Yachty's podcast and J. Cole's so wise. I mean, mm-hmm. he's a poet in his music, but like, He's so well-spoken. And he talked a lot about the, you know, when J. Cole first heard Lil Yachty, he's like, this mumble rapper? Like, really? And then he grew to appreciate that. And once he met Yachty, that he is actually so much more capable. And he put so much thought into all of his uh, Mm. art. I I think Lil Yachty might change his name. He hasn't said this, but I, I could see him changing his name because he doesn't like the perception that people have of him as just a mumble rapper. So he's going to change his name to Yacht? I could be, yeah. I, 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 <laughs> That's he, hard, dude. It would be, it would be hard, um, because the yachty was whole was on the whole little boat alter ego thing. Um, I don't know. I just, I won't. Don't be surprised if if he tries to grow out of it, because he's, uh, I don't know. His newest album was pretty sick, and it, it grew a lot of. He gained a lot of respect from other people in the industry, mm. even though it didn't, you know, blow up uh, to like the audiences. He's on everyone's radar now uh, as a legit yeah. artist. Well, I think so. To me, it's like he kind of personified the that mumble rap movement mm-hmm. and like even the way he used autotune it was like a pretty sharp sound he sounded more extreme than some of the other uh some of the other peers of his at that time mm-hmm. and some of the songs too were kind of goofy i mean what were the broccoli was he on that broccoli broccoli song? uh they were kind of like one night one night the minnesota you know what i mean there's songs that are like silly and fun and amazing but like yeah that's the type of thing where that's a moment and if you don't have substance as an artist if you're not like hands-on involved creative like you're not going to survive to the next wave so it's not surprising to me that he has because he's like so capable mm-hmm. he's he's obviously creative i mean i've listened to all of his stuff always from those first albums from what was little boat little boat 2016 yeah but this first is called little boat right mm-hmm. And then he had a couple of those, Lobo 2, Lobo 3, whatever, all amazing. But in between, he did like random shit. Like he did a Detroit album, which is like all the Detroit production beats. And then he did that that more recent one. So he's proved himself as a versatile artist. And I think that, you know, like any sort of boom or bust, when the tough times come, you need to be at the top of the pile or you won't survive. You know what I mean? When it's good, everybody does well. But um, when things get shitty, like what do you have going for you? You know what I mean? How are you? And I think that's applicable to all businesses. Um, but it is interesting to see in hip hop, like who survives generations. And if you even look at like songs that Drake collabed with people on from like 2012, 2014, whatever guys who like they had the hottest song together. And I was like, now what are they doing? Like a smaller build act like me, like if I can't sell out Madison Square Garden, right. But I can still make a living doing this. Right. Um, and even that, that example goes for people who are like much bigger than me too, who are still not household names. That's great that that exists. I wonder how, I always wonder how that exists for music artists mm-hmm. because it's like you have your big moment, you toured, you made some money, but now suddenly the t- you can't sell tickets anymore. Nobody's streaming your music. Like how are you making money? Because you might have millions of followers from when you were huge, but like, does that still convert later? And I'll see a lot of people doing certain things where I'm like, Oh, that makes sense. They'll start an OnlyFans. They will be big on Snapchat. Like they'll find ways to do it. Uh, and I'm sure that there are ways to do it. And it's an interesting thing to think about, but I always wonder if like, and I'm sure these artists all change their names. Or, sorry. They all change their numbers a lot because I even know some of the biggest people that I know change their numbers a lot. And it's probably because, you know, you did a collab with a guy in 2012. That guy's going to hit you up for the rest of your life. 
oh, when, when he has a new idea, when he has a new thing popping, the first person he's going to hit up is you. Right? Mm-hmm. Hey, yo, what up? Like, just take a listen to this. No pressure. Even if you're cool about it, you have to shoot your shot with your biggest guy. But that guy's moved on from you. And I wonder if this is a thing that artists are awkward about or rappers are just as savage as we think and they just don't give a fuck. Or if they just change their number and don't have to think about it. Oh, sorry, I got a good number, new number. How you been? Clearly, they're not checking their DMs mm-hmm. regularly. You know, I don't know. What do you think? Totally. I feel like you got to do it a lot. Yeah. And that sucks too because totally. then all the people that you're tight with, you got to hey, it's new yeah. number. Hey, it's new number. Hard to make new friends because you know that they have so much to gain from you that of course they want to be your friend. And even your existing friends, suddenly you're their most significant friend. And I haven't experienced this really, but like I've seen the like, you know, most popping people that I know go through it mm-hmm. where it's like they're inevitably not going to be as invested in the relationship as that other person is. So they're always saying emotive things to them to like keep, you know what I mean? It's like, it's mm-hmm. gotta be really hard. And I try to be like, I try to be aware of that. And the amount of times that, and I'm for, for my relationships with people who like help me convert in my life where it's like, because of these connections, I can live, I can afford to live my life. Mm-hmm. Right. I try to be really careful not to fall into the classic traps. And here are some of them. One of them is sob stories. I've seen it happen. Any person, you start talking to somebody too much before you know it. Uh, you know, my mom, da, 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 da. They know how easily you can just sign a check over to them. And again, this isn't me. I'm not talking about myself. I'm talking about like big people, right? Suddenly you're talking to the limo driver. Suddenly you're talking to this guy. Suddenly you're talking to that guy. And before you know it, you're getting asked for shit and you can't say no because you feel bad. And like to be constantly getting shaken down must get old. That's all I, I got to say. Mm-hmm. Even when I've been in like certain poor countries and I can't walk 10 feet without people asking me for stuff, they're not even looking at me as a person. They're looking at me as a resource. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's got to be really difficult for the dudes who, the dudes, the women, whoever, the people who have made it big. And I get the no new friends concept. And that's another classic rapper taking a social phenomenon and summing it up very quickly in a catchphrase. No new friends. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. Stayed down for my day ones. And I said, fuck all y'all. Aubrey's so special. Unless my, or except my. Yeah, but it's true. How yeah. could you possibly be friends with somebody who wasn't your peer at some point? I get the, like, it's lonely at the top thing. I get the idea of it. Like there's that video of Bad Bunny throwing your girl's phone into the ocean. She tries to take a video with him. He takes her phone, throws it in the ocean, keeps walking. It's Savage. amazing. But he got like criticized for it. But bro, it's like, he's a guy. He's person. not a, He's you know, a person. and I've even seen it. Yeah. Again, I've seen it happen to people where someone will talk about them like they aren't there. And I know that you guys think I'm only talking about one specific person. I'm not like just from like years of being around ebbing and flowing, dating different people, whatever. Just like I've seen it happen to all sorts of different high profile people mm-hmm. where they'll be like, Oh my God, you're that's she'd look at the friend. That's so-and-so. Can you believe it? Like as if he's a farm animal. Look at that giraffe. You know what I mean? And it's crazy. And yeah, man, it's, uh, I think at some point you just have to be okay with the idea that like, you're going to dis- you're going to let people down and disappoint them. I hope to have these problems someday, mm-hmm. you know, from now, ne- for now it's like, there's no reason for me to like be cutting people out unless they're like really taking advantage of me. At which point I'm like, dude, this is now, there's nowhere where this can go forward. Unfortunately, you know, I, I, maybe you're going through a tough time. I don't know, but like, this is turning abusive. <laughs> yeah. Time to move on. All right. So Vic and I went on an Amtrak home on Sunday, uh, after Thanksgiving, really busy. And we had like this ticket guy and he was just, he was just some type of way. He was like really cranky. He was on one. I asked him if we can go to the snack cart. He said, no, I was like, okay, like that's fine. Is that unusual to not be allowed into the snack cart? It is unusual. So I was surprised when he said no, but he said it so definitively that I was like, okay, that's just how it be. (laughs) Like, nope, we can't go Vic, no water for us. And so I get back, we're sitting there and uh, we got on a station right after Boston. And so he's scanning tickets and uh, this woman behind me, she's looking for her ticket. She's struggling to find it. And he's like, where's your ticket? Come on. And she's like, I hate that energy. Like you don't need to be like that. And uh, she finally shows it to him. And he's like, this is Boston. And then she's like, yep. And sweet, sweet lady. He's like, yep. And uh, he's like, you know what state we're going into next? 
And then uh, she's like, no. And then he's like, Connecticut, okay? Pay attention next time you book your ticket. And then he just walked right past her. Oh, my God. So the guy, that, that woman has to stay on the train for about an hour 30, an hour 45. So the train was going south and she had already missed it by like a long shot. She just bought the wrong ticket. She, oh. she, got, she hopped on a train going south. She meant to go on the train going north. So wait, so was she on the wrong train? She was on the wrong train. Oh my she God. She was coming with us back to New York. Yeah, right. That's what I said. Okay. And so she... Was she like, fuck. I didn't hear anything from her, but it's just like, dude, like really? Like this, this guy's so angry and so sassy. Like why dude. are you so savage like that? So sassy. You could have just been like, you could have just been like... Like, oh, you got on the wrong train, sweetheart. Like, get yeah. off of Connecticut and you just flip around and, you know, I won't scan your ticket and we'll, maybe we'll help you out. Right, or even right, if we right. don't help you out. But oh, just, yeah, right. Help her and be like, yeah, don't scold her, bro. You're the ticket guy, dude. He's like, do you know what state we're going in next? Connecticut. Pay attention next time you book your ticket. Like, oh my and God. you just walked away. What a dick. Savage. So. Well, dude, that reminds me of something that I forgot to mention. I'm not going to do it on this episode because we've gone for too long. Mm-hmm. First of all, fuck that guy. I agree with you. Right? Dick move. Um, but secondly, I had a fun, I'm going to write this down, but if I forget, if you can remind me, sure. I had a similar kind of thing where I was on a train and got off the train to take a car. It's a long story. We'll talk about it in the next episode, but you replied, you're like, you're a psycho. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Um, yeah, that's a good one. we'll talk about that another one. There's a lot to unpack on that one. Yeah. A 100%. lot of good shit. Come see me in Toronto, 1216. Got more dates coming up for the new year. Looking forward to all of it. I'm at not Julio. Buy some merch. Oopspodcast.com. Support the Haddam raccoons gang gangs for good. Mm-hmm. A progressive gang. Uh, and support all our endeavors. We love you at Ryan is really polite. Anything I forgot. Nope. That is all. Thank you. Bye-bye. Oh,